I have a clipboard, and uh, I hate it when preachers have to confess their shortcomings. Uh, here's the obvious cleaning list, and I know some of you signed up, but I cleaned my office, and uh, my August cleaning thing kind of went into the trash at some point in time, so I'll pass that around. But I also included September and October, and uh, I probably will put those in a safe place that my wife knows about. That way I won't lose them. So, anyway, it's great to be here this morning. Several announcements that we want to take care of right away. Uh, many people have asked about the G4 Summit coming up. Here's an information sheet for all of you gentlemen that uh, might be interested in going. We did change the location so it's much more accessible. We're going to the Scandaga Campground, which is out uh, to Oak Ridge. And then you go down uh, Hills Creek Reservoir for about 25 miles, all paved road. There are no potholes that will consume your truck and your life. There were, well, where I, w where I went, and I drove the whole thing on Friday. And uh, so I got out and I walked around the campground and guess what, who was not there? Mosquitoes were not there. I mean, I am telling you what, I was like, come on, waiting for it. They weren't there. Just so you guys know. there's a, I have a good news and bad news list. The good news is there are a couple spots for small mid-sized campers. Uh, paved road all the way to the campground. Clean pit toilets. Well water is available. No mosquitoes. That's the highlight. Bad news is there are spots for campers, but it's dry camping only. Paved road has some rough areas. Not potholes, but where you go, woo! So if you like to do that with your camper, that ought to be fun. Uh, no reservations though. So yeah, first come, first serve. I'm going up early, so I'll lay myself out in front of many of the campgrounds so people won't take enough to run me over to get to them. Uh, but there's no campfires this year anywhere. So we're just going to have to uh, preach until the lights go out. So that's kind of what we got going. So information sheet back there. If you want to come up for the day uh, for the preaching in the morning or the evening, that would be great too. But Please RSVP with me so that I can secure uh, a camp space for you when I go up early on, on Thursday. Also, too, we got this really cool flyer uh, from uh, Miriam and Emma. Ladies, game night coming up Friday, August 6th. Read all about it. There's some flyers out on the uh, entryway table as well as over on the bulletin board. By the way, if you want to grab information sheet, guys, for G4 Summit, it's right out there as you're going out. So uh, read it and believe it. No mosquitoes. I can't believe it, honestly. But I was there. I didn't get bit by any of them. So it's great. So also, too, tomorrow we have guest speaker at uh, the uh, Monday evening. Um, Monday evening fellowship for the college-age kids. And uh, the guest speaker is flying in. Should be there right about dinner time. And uh, so excited and having him come and speak. Uh, also, Wednesday is still at the Kirkpatrick's this week. Uh, Thursday's Ladies' Study, right? And let's see, G4 Summit, not this coming weekend, but the following weekend. And it's Jacob's birthday and Liberty's birthday this week. So Jacob's 21 years old, right? All right, man, I got it right. Liberty, 21 years old, right? 22. Oh, I was close. I was close. And? I turned seven on Friday. You turned seven on Friday? This Friday or last Friday? Last Friday. Last Friday. We can sing happy birthday to you. Spiritual, right? 
There you go. All right, you have kids that are older than you. That's weird. How's that possible? Okay, here we go. We're going to sing happy birthday, and we'll get right into the, the uh, uh, notes of encouragement. Ready? Anybody else have a birthday coming up this week? Any of the Finnemans? No? Okay, here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Woohoo! Right. How, how many of you remember when Jake was just a little, little tiny guy running around this church building? Man, I'm telling you what, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? So just feed them and they grow. That's cool. Tanya, so thankful to see your smiling face this morning. Grateful for your friendship. You are a blessing to you. It's great to see you this morning, Tanya. It's awesome. Yay. All right, Jamie B. You are an amazing human being. You are very encouraging. I love your hugs. You are an amazing blessing to so many, including me. All right, that's Miss Jamie right over there. Pat West. I think you're going to be the rock star this morning, Pat. Pat West, it is so great to see you here today. I truly missed you. And John being able to assemble with us. Love and prayers. Not yet. Pat, so good to see you, big heart. Praying for you and John and family. We love you. There you go. Okay. Everyone, it's nice to be missed. You are all so very special. Thanks for all your concerns and prayers. I'm taking it out from you, Pat, right? You're right. All right, okay. <laughs> Mrs. Compton, thank you for all the goodies you have sent our way. The apple pie was wonderful. I didn't eat a piece, by the way, right, Pat? I don't know what you did. Bonichelle, Bonichelle, help me. I didn't eat a piece, did I? Oh, wow. Wow. I was too busy eating my own. Wow, okay. I think they're suspect that I might be eating a piece when I deliver them, but I didn't this time. Uh, you are always so upbeat. Jess, you're very you are a very special lady. I miss not seeing you. There you go. All right. That's for Miss Sharon. That's great. All right. So let's jump right in. We don't have too many minutes left, so we I don't want to be here until tomorrow. So let's grab our Bibles and turn to the book of John chapter 15. Gospel of John and chapter 15. Grab your lesson plans, grab your Bibles, and uh, once again, just we're going to get a running start, remembering that we're talking about loving one another, how God, through Jesus Christ, has called us to love one another, and of course, he, he gave us the great example. John chapter 15, verse 12 and 13. This is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that one laid down his life for his friends. What a beautiful passage of scripture. I can't wait to preach the sermon this morning because we have such an awesome illustration of people that love the saints just like Jesus loves the saints. And you're going to see that here in just a moment. But now let's turn our attention to uh, 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians. And in 1 Thessalonians, we're going to begin there in chapter 3. Chapter 3. 1 Thessalonians, 
and chapter 3. Now, I'd like to have you look at the title of the sermon this morning before we read this. Look at the title of the sermon on your note sheets. To increase and abound in love, dot, dot, dot. To increase and abound in love during persecution. During persecution. That's how I should have finished it, but I didn't have enough room, so I figured the dot, dot, dot would leave you in suspense, but I didn't want you to be suspenseful. I wanted you to be knowledge-filled. This church is the gold standard for a church that grows in love when there's heavy persecution. But what did Jesus say? He said that the love of many would grow cold in times of terrible persecution. And you know what? I've actually seen that happen in the church before where persecution came, trials came, and people just kind of hunkered in their bunker. You can't do that. Well, I guess you can. You have a choice, but that's the right, that's the wrong move, man. If you're a Christian, when there is persecution, that means you're doing something right. And the devil wants to shut your mouth. He wants to shut you down. He wants you to cower in the shower. That's what the devil wants. And that's why the persecution comes. When I was in Belarus not too many years ago, I had a dear friend by the name of Alexander Chernitsky, and he said, Oh, Bill, Bill, the church is such a mess in Belarus right now. He says, Oh, that we would have a good persecution. <laughs> what do you say? He said, Oh, that we would have a persecution. It purifies the church. Then you know people really love God and really love you because they're willing to risk their life. He says, in Soviet times, people loved each other in the church. They loved each other, and they sacrificed everything for each other. Some even were killed because they were protecting other people. He said it was so beautiful. He says, but now nobody cares. Nobody comes to church, and when they do, they complain. He says, we need a good persecution. Wow, that's a crazy mindset, isn't it? But you know what? If there's persecution, and I think there's already started some, if you've been looking and listening and watching, it's already started, and I think it might very well ramp up. If I'm reading my Bible right, in the book of Revelation, it says that the whole world surrounds the camp of the saints and shuts it down, or at least tries to. Not very successful. Uh, right at the end, the great climax of the movie, ta-da! Jesus comes in and wipes all the bad guys out. I can't wait. But we need to stay the course. We need to keep loving more fervently until the Lord comes back. This church, the church at Thessalonica, is proof that it's possible. Now, I have only just a short period of time this morning, so I think already I'm going to tell you we're not going to get it all done today. As much as I don't like doing that, because you're going to, you're going to forget what I tell you today. I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. Some of you might forget. Most of you will remember everything. i got to be more positive here. Okay? But if truth is told, unfortunately, you're probably going to forget some things. So I'll remind you next week a little bit of what we talked about today. 
How do we know that this church was persecuted? Because they were strong in faith. They were strong in love. And they were strong in hope. Even though the devil unleashed on them. Do you remember what the three pillars for perseverance is? Does anybody? What are the three pillars for perseverance? We've been talking about them for the last several months. I'm hoping that someone knows. What is it? Yes. Faith, hope, and love. If you don't believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and all the bad things start happening, you go, ah, this isn't true. If God loved me, these bad things wouldn't happen. That's not the right faith. A faith says, according to the scriptures, everyone who delives, desires to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. That was the word of God. Guess what? There's going to be persecution when you do it right. The devil doesn't want you to do it right. He wants you to cower in the shower. He wants you to hunker in your bunker. He does not want you loving each other. He wants you to be griping and groaning. He wants you to be sniveling and whining. That's what the devil wants. But these people were not that way. These people are a shining example. I say the gold standard. For a church persecuted that grows, grows, grows in faith, hope, and love during the persecution. I'm going to prove that to you. And I'm going to use the Bible to prove that to you. It's absolutely amazing. But we do need to read 1 Thessalonians 3. I need to slow her down a little bit. Got a little excited there about this church. So now let's read the scriptures. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Everybody there? If you got your little mobile device, that's cool. I hope you're looking at a Bible app. <laughs> Hopefully you're not playing Candy Crush or something, you know? So anyway, here we go. Now don't tell on anybody. I saw people doing this. Don't do that. Everybody turn in their Bible, whether it's pages or electronic, please. Thank you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Therefore, when we could endure it no longer, we thought it best to be left behind at Athens uh, alone, and we sent Timothy, our brother, and God's fellow worker in the gospel of Christ to strengthen and encourage you as to your faith. Notice Paul was very concerned about what was going on there in the, in the city of Thessalonica and the church. So he sends Timothy to do what? Strengthen and encourage them. Why? Verse 3, so that no one would be disturbed, literally uh, uh, crushed, by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we have been destined for this. For indeed, when we were with you, we kept telling you in advance that we were going to suffer afflictions. We meaning the Christian community. And so it came to pass, as you know. For this reason, when I could endure it no longer, I also sent to find out about your faith for fear that the tempter, the devil, might have tempted you and our labor would have been in vain. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought good news of your faith and love and that you always think kindly of us, longing to see us just as we long to see you. For this reason, brethren, in all our distress and affliction, we are comforted about you through your faith. 
for now we really live if we stand firm in the Lord. For what thanks can we render to God for you in return for all the joy with which we rejoice before our God on your account? Why? Because of your faith and your love during persecution. You're doing it. Paul's excited. But reading on, verse 10. As we night and day keep praying most earnestly that we may see your face and may complete what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself, Jesus, our, our Lord, direct our way to you and may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another and for all people, just as we also love you, so that he, God, may establish your hearts without blame in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. I love that passage of scripture. Just think about a church that at its conception was ravaged by the devil. I mean, people were being immersed into Christ and, 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 the, and the, the evil Jewish people and the evil uh, Gentile people hated what was going on. They were attacking not only Paul, Silas, and Timothy, but more importantly, they were attacking the young Christians. Now, what happens when young Christians get attacked? Oftentimes, they what? They fall away. They, they cower in their shower. They hunker in their bunker. They run away. They shut down. They leave. They quit. And sadly, I've actually seen that on an individual basis where people become Christians and they're attacked by their family and they wither and wilt. Or they are attacked by their Christian friends. And they die and they wilt and they walk away. I've seen it on an individual basis. But I know it also happens in, in church bodies as well. And so it's important for us to recognize we don't know when the crush is coming. We know in the book of Revelation it says it is. We just don't know when. But Jesus said we'll know the, the season not the day, not the hour. Well, on August 12th, 2023, at 6 o'clock in the afternoon, get your bags packed for heaven. No one knows that. Now, you know there's a lot of nut jobs out there saying, yeah, they have billboards anymore. You're going to plaster on a billboard the day and the hour when you don't read your Bible? How embarrassing. But you know, Jesus said, we'll know the season. We'll know the season. When things are lining up according to God's word. And so I think the season is coming. And so it's important for us, whether it comes in our lifetime or in the next or the next, that we ourselves are prepared and our kids are prepared. Amen? You want your kids in heaven with you? Build their faith. Live the life example. Show them that faith is real. Show them what it looks like. Build them up. Now, with that, let's get to point number one. Look at point number one. The church conceived in affliction and suffering. Of all the churches, this one started and the attack was already ongoing. Absolutely uh, amazing. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Notice what Paul says here. For you yourselves know, brethren, Christians in Thessalonica, 
that our coming to you was not in vain. In other words, it was very useful to you and to us. But after we had already suffered and been mistreated in Philippi, as you know, we had the boldness in our God to speak to you the gospel of God amid much opposition. Does anybody know what happened in Philippi just a day or two before when they come marching into town? Actually, it was three days between Philippi and Thessalonica. So it took them three days to get to Thessalonica. You go look it up on the map and uh, three days. So they marched down three days to Thessalonica. And guess what had happened in Philippi? Does anybody remember what happened in Philippi? They just had a big picnic and a barbecue before they left town, right? Wrong. What happened in Philippi? They were beaten with rods and thrown into prison. And God uh, allowed them to, to preach the gospel to the jailer. and He was converted. And then they were out of there. They marched down to Thessalonica. Whew! Shaking off the persecution in Philippi. They get to Thessalonica. And guess what happens? Persecution breaks out again. I guess that's what happens when you preach the gospel and the devil doesn't like it. See, that's why I think there have been attacks on this church. Because the devil doesn't like it when you preach the word. When you call him out, he hates it. You're saying, please be quiet then. No, I'm calling that guy out. He's a liar and a murderer. And so we need to be prepared. Now, let's prove that in fact they experienced horrible persecution right from the get-go, the beginning of the church in Thessalonica. There was no church there. There was a Jewish synagogue and there was lots and lots and lots and lots of people, Gentiles. Let's read Acts chapter 17 to prove in fact that uh, Thessalonica really had a heavy duty uh, slap down right as so many were becoming Christians uh, Acts chapter 17 verses 1 through 9 tells us the history of the establishment of the church of Thessalonica now when they had traveled through uh, Amphipolis and Apollyana they came to Thessalonica where there was a synagogue of the Jews and according to Paul's custom or, or tradition uh, he went to them, and for three Sabbaths, for three uh, Saturdays, or three, three weeks, when they had their big Sabbath day meetings, reasoned with them, the Jewish people, from the scriptures, explaining and giving evidence that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, saying, now this Jesus whom I am proclaiming to you is the Christ. And some of them, some of the Jewish people were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas along with a large number of God-fearing Greeks, Gentiles, and a number of the leading women. But the Jews becoming jealous and taking along some wicked men from the marketplace formed a mob and set the city in an uproar. Those Jewish leaders were jealous and they actually hired some delinquents to come and help them to kind of ramp up the mob and start a riot against the church. Now, isn't that how that works, Jeff? 
you get some rabble rousers and they motivate people and they're really trained and drawing people in. All of a sudden, you get a bunch of people, we hate them, we hate them, let's kill them. Who are we talking about? Because the rabble rousers incited them to riot. So there's this riot going on against the church. Now the riots just recently were against police officers and common folks like you and me to terrorize everybody. That's what was going on. Can you imagine if you're the target of the riot? Hey, come and join our little happy church body. Come and experience the riots face first. <laughs> come on now. It'll be a great time. Are you kidding me? That's how the church started. It was just like that. Well, they weren't being corny like me. I mean, it was terrorizing. Well, let's see how scary it was. Let's read on. In, in verse 5 again, And the Jews becoming jealous and taking along some wicked men from the marketplace, formed a mob, set the city in an uproar, and attacking the house of Jason, they were seeking to bring them, Paul and Silas, out to the people. Can you only imagine what they were going to do to Paul and Silas? And they heard that Paul and Silas were staying with Jason. Jason is a Greek name. Jason was a Greek. Or if he wasn't, he was a Jew with a Greek name. So who knows how that all worked out. But, but notice they're staying with him. Now, if you're a Jew and you got other Jewish people staying with Gentiles, you're going to have a cow anyway. And so, but now they're bringing all of this teaching about Jesus. And so they're angry. They go and attack Jason's house, they're looking now how are you going to attack a house and know if someone's in the house? What do you got to do? Kick in the door and go in. Where are they? Where's that Paul and that Silas? And he's not there. So guess what? We continue to read on. They attacked the house of Jason. They were seeking to bring them, not Jason, but Paul and Silas out to the people. When they did not find them, they began dragging Jason and some brethren, Christians, before the city authorities, shouting, these men who have upset the world have come here also, and Jason has welcomed them. And they all act contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. They stirred up the crowd and the city authorities who heard these things, and when they had received a pledge from Jason and others, they released them. Whew, Jason got out by the skin of his teeth and a little bit of money. Now, when it says they dragged them off, that, that word dragging means they pummeled them and subdued them and dragged them off. Jason and some of the brethren, welcome to Christianity. I don't think the devil wanted this church to fly. Do you? I don't think so. Sounds like a little bit of persecution. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 14, 15, and 16. Go back to, to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians. I, I love this church. They are so awesome. Look at, look at verses 14, 15, and 16. Paul is so proud of these people. He so loves them for the amazing example they are giving to other churches. 
Notice what it says here. For you, brethren, became imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. Remember, Christian churches in Jewish territory are oftentimes what? Attacked as heretics. So he says here, for you, brethren, became imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. For you also endured the same sufferings at the hands of your countrymen, the evil Gentiles, even as they did from the Jews, who both killed and the Lord Jesus and prophets and drove us out. They are not pleasing to God, but hostile to all men. Notice, brethren, that clearly states there that the persecution that was going on against the church against the Jews was actually happening persecution against the church from the Gentiles. Because Jesus is king. Well, that can never be. There's only one king. There's only one God-man, Caesar. They're heretics. They must be burned at the stake. You're saying, oh my goodness gracious, did any of them survive? Great question. I'm glad you asked. I was hoping you would. Well, here's the answer. 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, and chapter 1 tells us they not only survived, but man, they thrived. They really put the pedal to the metal. You know what I mean by that? All right, fast and furious, pedal to the metal. Anyway, pedal to the metal. They were going like crazy, growing in love, growing in faith, growing in hope. And they were preaching worldwide. That little church that was conceived in persecution. Let's read it. 2 Thessalonians. Chapter 1. Verse 3. We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brethren, as is only fitting, because your faith is greatly enlarged and the love of each one of you towards one another grows ever greater. Therefore, we ourselves speak proudly of you among the churches of God for your perseverance and faith in the midst of all uh, persecutions and afflictions which you endure. Did you hear what he just said? Did you hear what he just said? I know sometimes when we get tired and the preacher's boring, we have a tendency to, I do that too, believe it or not. I'm serious. Sorry for those who've preached up here before. Did you hear what he said? He said, you're enduring great persecutions, great afflictions, great suffering, and you're excelling in your faith. You're excelling in your love. During times of persecution. See, they weren't hunkering in their bunker. They weren't cowering in their showers. They were actually getting out and sharing the love of Christ, not only with each other, but with others. That's why Sasha Chernitsky said, oh, that we would have a persecution. Well, Americans don't have that mindset. Can you imagine a preacher saying, church, let's pray for a persecution. You'd be going, oh, that's the last Sunday I'm there. I'm out of here, you know, it's like, What's wrong with that goofball? They know something that we don't know because we've never been in an environment where we've had a dictatorship crushing us from every side with no hope and no freedom. 
We've never experienced that. So for us, like, just give me a coffee bar at the beginning of the church service. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to make it. What? You think they're saying that in Thessalonica? Well, let's have an elders meeting and decide whether we need to add to our coffee bar stand selection. Of course not. They were like, what can we do to continue to inspire the brethren to love and good deeds? Oh, by the way, let me finish the sermon by turning you back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And look what he says to them in the first few verses there. Now remember, he's writing this after. Now he says, important you know this because sometimes we don't realize this. He's writing this letter after Timothy comes back and says, Paul. They are excelling in their love and their faith. They're preaching the gospel. It's amazing. Now Paul writes the first letter. Here's what he says in the first letter, beginning in verse 2. We give, we give thanks to God always for all of you, making mention of you in our prayers, constantly bearing in mind your work of faith and labor of love and steadfast hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the presence of our God and Father. Did you hear that? So there are three pillars for perseverance. It's biblical. I just wasn't making something up because it sounded kind of cool. Hey, Bill's got another three-point series. We love those. It's really in the scripture. Build your faith. Develop your hope. Grow your love. Excel still more and more. And my concluding statement this Sunday, and my concluding statement for next Sunday, is verse 12 of chapter 3. May the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another and for all people, just as we, Paul, Silas, and Timothy, have loved you. Brethren, I pray that we would embody that verse, that the Lord would work in us growth in our faith, building strong our hope, and causing our love to abound still more and more. We'll talk about that next week. What does it mean, love abounding? What does it mean, faith and hope growing? Because that's the church we need to be. Why do you think God wrote this? Well, just kind of a nice thing. You know, we like the Thessalonians a lot. We just write a nice book about them. It's for our instruction. So I'm excited for next week. I don't know if you are, but I'm excited. Because you know what would be really awesome is when we, are you, are you listening, church? If we, as the army of God from Pleasant Hill, march into the church and the saints are going, those guys are like the Thessalonians, man. They stood strong and they grew in love and faith and hope. Those are the ones. I don't know about you, but God his son, Jesus Christ, is going to point us out. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. For you excelled and superabounded in love. Your hope was rock solid. It was only in me. And your faith was crushing it in serving the saints. I don't know about you, but I want to hear that, don't you? That's why we're preaching this. That's why I don't have a little booklet. Okay, the seven habits of highly effective Christians. No, we're not doing that book. We're doing this one. And I pray that we'll be inspired. 
so that we'll go back and build the faith and the hope in the Lord. Amen? Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for the blessing of the hour. We only got a third of the way through, but next week we'll do better. Father, help us to be convicted of your word. These people in the city of Thessalonica were amazing, so faithful, so committed to putting their hope only in you and loving each other, even in a, such a hostile environment. How thankful we are for this great picture. Help us, Father, we pray in your son's Jesus' name to acquire this picture and live it out by faith in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right.